Hey everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another episode. We got past 100, and now we're doing another one, so who knows, maybe we'll make it to 200 at some point in the future. Um, considering it took, oh my, probably about two years to get to episode 100, because it's not the most consistently posted of all podcasts, um... Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm I'm just excited that I keep going, that this is going to keep going, and that um, you're all listening, whoever you are out there, you wonderful, lovely people. Um, but I'm biased, so there you go. Uh, this is episode 101 with uh, Tori Wolcott. Uh, Wolcott, sorry. Either way. Uh, I don't think she'd mind. Um, but uh, this... Uh, basically came together because uh, her amazing Kickstarter, the Tessera Oracle, uh, is fully funded and has another week left on it. So as of the posting of this date, uh, which is Saturday, the 7th of October, uh, there are eight days left and it's already funded, but more people should go out and fund it, you know, as well, or at least just contribute because the more money, the, the, the better the product always ends up being and the more she can uh, devote to other awesome stuff as well. Um, and Tori is another one of those guests that we clicked really quickly. And so the conversation, uh, went to a lot of places, a lot of places that I'm so happy that I'm now doing those kinds of conversations that I've, I'm kind of letting up on any kind of unsafe feelings or, you know, if I worry about making myself look like an asshole, I mean, it's, it's going to happen, guys, and we actually talk about it in the show. Um, if you are more interested in uh, the Tessera Oracle part, you might want to skip about an hour in. Like, I, I know that this is a long episode, but is pretty par for the course in terms of my show. But the first hour is not so much about the Tessera Oracle. The last half hour is. So if you are more interested in that part, please, if you're still listening to this intro, you can go ahead and skip uh, to that, you know, to about, uh, an hour in, uh, that's when we actually start talking about it. And, uh, if not, and you just want to listen through, I think you'll, you'll find some, uh, really great conversation. Uh, Tori, I am going to make sure she comes back on the show because there's so much stuff we didn't get into that it, in terms of her actual body of work, uh, she's got a lot of amazing stuff. Um, there will be links in the podcast page, uh, for all of those. So please go and check out her Kickstarter. Uh, also go and check, uh, out her Twitter and Instagram. Uh, she's the best and, um, I'm excited that she'll eventually be back on the show. So here you are, episode 101 with Tori Wolcott. Have fun and enjoy. So, I'm assuming that was a you could hear me high? Yes. But I've got, excellent. I tried, I'm trying to use um, my meteor mic, but I'm not sure that Skype is working. I've, I've been so resistant to using microphones because I'm so scared it will not record the other party. Like, it'll record me just fine. I have no worries about that part. But I've, I've, done, I've done that before where I've been, like, recording, and I assumed, like, oh, it's coming in so crystal clear and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that the other side wasn't being recorded. 
And and that was like half an hour into a conversation. I'm just like, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that, that has happened. My, my husband and I and our friends have, like, this D&D thing that we do, Mm -hmm. and we were recording it off of Jim's laptop, and then we realized on, like, episode three or four or something, the microphone hadn't, wasn't turned on. Oh, God. So, like, half the episodes, like, the channel wasn't on properly or something, Mm -hmm. so it was just being recorded off of his crappy, you know, laptop microphone yeah so that was this whole thing did i tell that story properly keen yes <laughs> you're well, you're not supposed to pay attention so you just play hockey like a good boy yeah my husband's in the room uh, hi tiny, tiny toronto condo so uh oh not a problem, no. I mean, I at any point, my uh, nephew, who is almost a year old, could be heard in the background, so it's very possible. See, now that is adorable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And therefore different. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know your husband, so, I mean... It... He's pretty adorable. Okay. He's all right, I guess. He's fine. Aren't you, aren't you baby? <laughs> okay, last time I'm going to pick on you, I promise. Like, remember your vows. You have to sit through all of this. <laughs> it's part of the it's part of the new millennium. It's like, what's in the vows? Like, if I'm doing a podcast, you have to be supportive of me, no matter what I, I'm saying. When we got married, we got a a really super neutral past. Um, what's the word? Uh, person who does the vow thing. Oh, like yeah, the uh, facilitator of the. Yeah, yeah, that that person. And she was so awesome, and she was super, super neutral. And then my family who'd come over from Ireland to, to watch it came up afterwards and were like, she did it wrong. Like, <laughs> it's still legal. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it just matters that you signed a piece of paper. I mean, it doesn't, it's not going to affect anything big, right? I don't know how you guys do it up in Canada, so, I mean, how backwards it's, is it? It's much the same, I think. Like, you just sign work, <laughs> and then your taxes are different. Oh, there you go. See? pretty much the thing we're not so different your country and mine (laughs) except for one really big thing that is colored orange and a despot so (laughs) yeah sorry about that yeah no i'm i'm more sorry uh for the rest you know to the rest of the world it feels like as an american i just need to be constantly apologizing even though i didn't vote for him and it's just like i'm sorry that we are subjecting the world to this this is awful and the worst and ugh. It is kind of like weird to be next door. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like it's like your next door neighbor is in a really abusive relationship. Yeah. And you can hear it and you keep like going do I call the cops or would that really just make the situation worse? Mm -hmm. And like yeah that's kind of like I, I, I feel like all of Canada is just like Canada and Mexico are like whispering to each other just like should we call someone? Are they like, okay? I don't... They, it just I know keep... they've been really quiet for a few minutes. Oh, God. You know, like... <laughs> I, I would kill for a minute of quiet from, like, the news. Like, if if we could just go a straight week with nothing awful or crazy happening, that would be, like, the most blissful week ever in the history of this country right now. <laughs> it's... <sighs> yeah. The big problem I have right now is 
that so many people I care about are in the clutches of a despot Mm -hmm. is the first primary. Like, that's obviously the biggest problem. But the other thing is that, like, because the state is so scary right now, Mm -hmm. and it's so scary to see it happening, it's sort of distracting from stuff that's happening in Canada. Oh, is it? It is, and it's like, okay, again, like, this is complaining about something stupid (laughs) go ahead this is what that that's what the show is about half the time well in canada we have universal health care and that is amazing and it's Mm -hmm. really really great and i'm a huge fan and uh has saved my life and many many others around me but it's not in any way perfect Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of things that aren't covered through it as well like dental and vision oh really and yeah, and also a lot of diabetes stuff. So if you if you have diabetes, your insulin isn't covered, and prescriptions aren't covered. Oh shit! And yeah, and so if you if you are, and, and the thing that always gets me is is diabetic. If you're diabetic, um, hope you have a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or die, I guess. <laughs> like, like I don't know, and so. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. It's like there are there are things out there to help you, but at the same time, it's this huge pressure on a person that it's so unfair and mm-hmm. it's so like like here you know the thing with diabetes is you kind of feel like oh that's taken care of yeah that's, we've got a, a cure for that and it's like no we don't we have treatment and that treatment's incredibly expensive and does it have to be that expensive and does it have to impact these people's lives and it's kind of like. I would really like to be complaining about that and talking to my MP about that, which I have, and yeah. <laughs> doing all that stuff. But it's really hard to be like, our universal healthcare system could really use an upgrade to deal with like modern d- issues and stuff yeah. like that. When like there has been a mass shooting next door, mm-hmm. and they like <laughs> they're actively to trying be... to take away women's healthcare, like every like, second they have. <laughs> I know. The, it's yeah. No, I, I and I can totally relate to that to the, that idea. It's like what's relative to your situation. It always feels like it's like I know that's the important thing, but at the same time, all of this other shit is happening over here, and I feel like I should be paying attention to that too. But I have my own stuff to worry about on top of it. It's every once in a while I really do have to like remind myself that it's okay for me to not look for a second Mm -hmm. like I can take a day off Twitter and I can stop like I I do feel like I'm staring at the sun (laughs) or something like it's just too much for my poor little retinas to handle oh and that's a really bad metaphor I did a really bad no it's fine (laughs) (laughs) not the top 10 of the metaphors that I've come up in terms of superhero things it'd be like if Superman threw something into the sun which he does all the time (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Superman throwing something into the sun. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Like. Anyway, no, I don't. I, I feel like that would be awesome. Yeah, no. We. It, I think it was one of those ongoing. Uh, it, so in my history graduate office when I was in college, we would constantly talk about things like that and be like, you know, why is Batman like this or why does Superman do this and blah blah blah. You know, the really important stuff instead of you know <laughs> studying for exams or papers that we had to. <laughs> <laughs> writing a thesis of some sort, which took forever. Um, 
But yeah, the the Superman throws it into the sun. I believe that there was like a, a comic someone did, and it was like how Superman solves his problems. Like, I have this, throw it into the sun. But I have diabetes, throw it. Wait, what? <laughs> you can't throw that into the sun, Superman. He could try. Well, he could throw the person into the sun, I suppose, and that would cure that particular case of diabetes. <laughs> solve an aspect of the problem. Yeah, I mean, you'd have a permanent case of death, but, I mean, in comic books, no one stays dead for very long, so... I mean, really, I feel like that, that would just work itself out eventually. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's how things work, right? Superman yes. does a thing, comes back, and it's, it's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna assume you saw today that Marvel's... Marvel's partnered with uh, that horrible mask weapon program guys. No, I didn't read that. Uh, what, uh, what did Marvel Marvel's, do? Oh my god. They, they're they partnering with, um, I can't, it's one of those, you know those, like, evil, like, super evil murder corporations that have, like, a really innocuous name? For sure, yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna Google this so I don't say it wrong. <laughs> uh... This is like Sunshine and Rainbows. <laughs> yeah, Sunshine and Ro- Rainbows Corp. Man, I, I would work for that area just to be like, I know there's something sinister going on. This is like LexCorp. <laughs> oh my god, there's there's this building in... Uh-oh, getting echo Get Echo? Is this Hello, mm-hmm. Echo. Uh-oh. Was, um, hold on one second, because I have to Google this before I go crazy. Mm-hmm. Marvel Comics. Because I feel like it'll be the first thing that comes up because it was. This is so recent. Yeah, North. <laughs> Sorry, it's just such a great name. Northrop. Northrop. <laughs> Northrop Gunman. Oh God. And it's just like yeah, they're they're and their um their marketing thing is like Stark Corp. Oh God. And it's like, we're just like Stark Corp. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, but Stark Corp murdered people until the CEO realized that murdering people was wrong, theoretically. <laughs> and you guys are still murdering people mm-hmm. professionally. So, what? So, yeah. Um, yeah. This is just like a, a major, uh, are they partnering with them for a reason, or...? Just they yeah, need like, money. Oh, yeah, for money. Oh, just for money. Okay, well. But, like, uh, for promotion and stuff. But I just saw it on Twitter. Like, maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's not real. Um, like, I, I do get fooled by internet stuff a lot. D- okay. <laughs> You're like, you I know the like, definition of gullible? There's me. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was just kind of like seeing it on, on Twitter, just being like, I'm, this is, I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna about this anymore but it's it's again it's like another part where it's like the real world is actually way weirder than the fiction i read it's like i i don't understand how it got this cartoony this quickly but it happened and we're all living in it it's so we we are the darkest yeah we are community predicted it it's so funny like it's it's so bizarre to walk down the street be like, what a like wonderful 
world this mm-hmm. is like people are so wonderful individually yes <laughs> and you know we have all this amazing technology and it's really really weird for kids to die yeah you know like, like every once in a while I think about that I'm like when a child dies it's newsworthy mm-hmm. you know like we go oh oh my god that's not supposed to happen and it's like let's step back 50 years and have that conversation and let's step back 100 years and have that conversation Mm -hmm. when it was normal and sad always but normal yeah and so i'm thinking like the world is actually wonderful but there is like what's happening it's it's the (laughs) old guard that refuses to die like the our (laughs) the our medicine has gotten so great that we're living longer and that means we're getting crotchety and old and we're not dying off when we're supposed to. Well, I read this really, really interesting thing about um, post-war, the post-war tech boom in Japan. Hmm. And it was this really interesting look at why Japan just jumped forward, like did this crazy leap after the war, mm-hmm. when it wasn't a particularly technological culture before that like not that any of us were at that time but like you know the wars tend to make you techie but that this theory was that one of the reasons why japan embraced technology and embraced change and did all this stuff so incredibly quickly was because the old guard had been removed oh because because they've been fighting all the old dudes kind of died yeah turns out when an entire generation gets practically wiped out everyone else has got to step up exactly so all these young people who were uh awed and terrified by technology Mm -hmm. uh took took power much younger than they would normally before they'd been sort of like indoctrinated into power so then they had this huge boom but now those people who had sort of taken control are now not letting the new young people with all their crazy ideas come forward and stagnation and i'm kind of like i i hear what you're saying <laughs> i still do not want to lose a generation so if we could not do that that would be great but yeah i hear what you're saying in this article no exactly it's it i mean it's like i love the i i love my grandparents i love that i've still got three out of four um really? yeah yeah thank you <laughs> my i was personally helping um but yeah, I mean, but at the same time, they're all in their 80s. And my my grandfather, who I've been the closest to on my mother's side, uh, he's from Iowa and he was born in the 30s. And he is not the super nicest person to be around when talking about race. Um, but and, and I think that's also what's been changing around here, too, is that it's like my sister and I don't want that kind of stuff around like my nephew, you know. And so yeah. the visits are becoming less frequent and, you know, certain members of your family are like, I don't want to be around you because every time we talk about this stuff, you talk about weird shit that doesn't make any sense anymore. Like, anymore. <laughs> like, we need, to, there are so many, like you said, there's so many amazing things that are, that exist in this world currently. And one of them is, is like two doors down for me right now. And the one thing I want to do is make this world better for him. And the only thing that I'm really thankful for is that by the time he's aware of anything, Trump is out of office. Like, or dead. I don't know. Either one could happen. <laughs> like, well, here's, here's hoping. 
You're hoping for one or the other. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying which. I'm hoping for, but... Like, um, I, I don't remember Reagan's administration. I was... Uh, once he was out of office, I was eight. It's like, pfft, I don't remember anything from when I was eight. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it's, it's so weird because, like, before this, I honestly... I was one of those people who really believed that you can win arguments with crazy people Mm -hmm. if you, you know, spell out your logic and you're kind and you're patient and, you know, that when somebody has violent or cruel or biased opinions that that is really based in hurt and and sadness and a need for belonging and you know don't fight cruelty with cruelty be kind and always always be kind and that was my my mantra Mm -hmm. and it still is I still really try to be kind as much as I can Mm -hmm. but then you know that video where that Nazi got punched in the face yeah but with all the different like techno music yeah (laughs) Yeah, I watched, like, all of those. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I really don't think that my being nice at him would make him not want to genocide me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) The logic checks out, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm just kind of like, hi, um, my heritage is you know, British, but I have a learning disability, and that's genetic, so I assume you're going to either want to sterilize or murder me in your ethnostate. Mm. So cool. Yeah, no, I've been, my sister and I have been talking about this stuff, too, because, I mean, it's just this, there's this level of, of rage and anger that you're kind of feeling on a, on a daily basis, on top of all the other emotions you frequently yes. go through. But, you know, she, uh, I I spent a lot of my teenage years trying to deal with, with anger problems. And so, like, I'm much more accustomed where I am. Uh, like, I can vent out and say, like, the worst possible things because it's like, okay, I acknowledge that I'm angry and this is how I'm going to deal with my anger right now. I'm not going to go punch somebody. I'm not going to go, you know, shoot up a building because that's how other people are dealing with their anger apparently now. Um, but uh, I was trying to tell her, it's like, you know, if you need to feel that, that anger, you can feel that anger. It is not a, it is not wrong. It's not weird. It's a natural reaction to some fucked up things that are happening right now. And I think it's just people trying to figure out how to deal with the rampant onslaught of every emotion known to mankind, (laughs) like every second of the day. in a weird way in our culture like Mm -hmm. it's like people don't get that emotions evolved and exist for a biological reason Mm -hmm. like and and like this whole thing that like your your feelings like emotions are what separate us from animals and all this stuff and i'm just kind of like but why would that be true i'm sure they (laughs) feel a lot of the same things i'm pretty sure they feel all of them yeah um why would 
why would we be graced with, you know, anger, love, fear, disgust, all these things which all serve a biological function to allow us to survive and propagate, but other animals don't have have those, or they don't have them as much as, like, I still eat meat, like, don't get me wrong, it's a lot (laughs) but, like... Like, I eat me, I feel bad about it. It's like, <laughs> sure, like, I feel bad about it for, like, two seconds before that bacon hits my tongue, and then I'm like, mmm, bacon. Right? Right. Well, like, no, I still feel like I feel bad about it. It's just... I, I don't, sorry. <laughs> no, good for you. Um, I don't think it's a sin to eat. Um, but, like, if you gave... If, like, if I could go to the grocery store and buy an alternative form of protein it hits me the same way meat does mm-hmm. because I was briefly a vegetarian and I wasn't good at it. <laughs> I think I think there's a minimum IQ necessary to be a vegetarian that I do not possess. I'll tell my sister that, don't worry. <laughs> She'll love that. She, okay, my sister is, is a vegetarian with quotation marks around it because she will at times eat chicken and or turkey. The okay. the logic of it is, and this has been my favorite thing ever. I mean, she's not been eating pork or uh, beef since she was probably about thirteen. Um, but the logic behind this was that those were cute animals and did not deserve to die. <laughs> um, that's adorable, right? Um, fish, fine. Cutest. Yeah. <laughs> Chickens are the cutest. I will. I will fight her. This one. I, like, I look at pigs and I'm just like, I don't think they're that cute. I mean, I think she saw Charlotte's Web one too many times. I I really like, I like all animals. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. I like fish too. I don't want them in my house. Like, I don't understand people who have like goldfish and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's great. You do you. <laughs> that's bad. But like, that's a fish that's in my house that I'm not supposed to eat. Yeah. And that very counterintuitive to me and I just can't handle it. See, I just can't um, even go to it. I don't like aquariums because I don't like the way the fish are looking at me. <laughs> They're, that side, it's like I don't like animals really with their eyes on 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 either side of their heads, like they can't look forward. <laughs> like, it freaks me out. Does that apply to, like, deer and stuff as well? Well, because if I'm looking straight on at a deer, I can still see its eyes kind of you know, based on how its head works, you know? So I don't count that, but fish, it's just like, and, and they don't have lids. So when you're walking up on them, it's not like they're blinking or anything. They're just staring at you. I just feel like I'm not supposed to have this kind of relationship with fish. (laughs) You know, like fish have their world. Yeah. They're supposed to be in fish world. (laughs) And I'm here in eating fish world. That's Mm. where I chill. And so like, looking at you guys on this like eye contact level really makes me uncomfortable yeah and again fish you're great i don't think we should eat as much of you as we do i i think it's a little weird that we we're killing you i'm really sorry about that um but if you could just chill in the ocean mm-hmm. and the thing is i feel like the fish agree with me probably I'm, just... I'm sure if you asked a fish they'd be like no 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 no. i like where she's going with this conversation <laughs> right like no we rather be in the ocean also like yeah but you know the six-year-old i'm here at the aquarium with really wants to like smack your glass there so Mm -hmm. that beluga whale just isn't going to entertain kids when it's in the middle of the ocean (laughs) exactly 
Oh, humanity is such a dark travesty, isn't it? It really is, yeah. But uh, Which is what we're here to talk about? No. I guess. I love people. I really do. Uh, They're okay. They're great. I, like, it's so funny because I... I like to think of myself as being like a pretty upbeat person mm-hmm. and I've been getting really grumpy mm. at like our generation and the generation before us, but this upcoming generation, like these, the teenagers and the kids now mm-hmm. are the best goddamn thing yeah. <laughs> happened to earth. <laughs> like anytime I have, the opportunity to talk to a teenager these days, I'm like, how are you so much smarter than me? Because <laughs> you're 16, so you're supposed to be stupid. <laughs> um, like, you can't help it. You're 16. Like, you're supposed to not know what's going on. I was led and to believe that you were idiots. <laughs> yeah, and they're not. Like, this generation is like, it really, anytime I talk to them or work with them or anything Mm -hmm. i'm always just like what are you aliens (laughs) like you know so much like and they care so much and they're so active and worried about the environment Mm -hmm. have like these really intelligent questions and all i remember from being 16 was like being really mean to supply teachers (laughs) and like you know just being generally awful yeah these kids like so polite i like i was going into a school to teach and i i'm i'm a complete mess so i dropped everything like i brought in i brought in like all these pencils and stuff and it turns out they have pencils in school so Mm. i did not need to do that (laughs) and i dropped all this stuff and the kids just and i say kids this was a high school Mm -hmm. just came and helped me pick it up oh and like there was no no nothing and then they carried it to the class for me and it was like there was no nothing they're just awesome whereas when i was a kid we would have laughed we would have just laughed at this person <laughs> i think i think when i was 16 yeah we would have just if i don't know we had some interesting i remember a lot of substitute teachers that were were always a, a hoot to uh to listen to because they had their own perspective on the world and they <laughs> weren't shy about explaining it to you when it's just like are you doing this because, like, you know that this will have no consequences? Like, we can't do anything about it. You just want to tell us your weird theories on things? Like, okay, that's, I guess that's okay. We're not we're not having to do the assignment, so that's fine. It's wasting an hour of my life. But <laughs> but no, we yeah, probably would have stared. We just would have stared and been like, stare. are you done? Are you done picking yeah. your things up yet? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think staring is definitely... Creepier. Creepier. Yeah, we're a creepy generation. Yeah. No, it's the the next generation, like, I've said this several times to, like, you know, especially members of my family who are still freaking out over things happening, but I'm just like, I'm I'm so much more invested in the next election in 2018, uh, Mm -hmm. which, you know, the midterms and everything, which is usually when... You know, I don't know how much you know about the voting system. I don't know how much you've learned in the last few months about the voting system here. I, it's, it's been like learning. It's like, I feel like there's this slow motion train wreck happening mm. that's really educational. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Schoolhouse Rock, only everything's like a terrible punk song. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, I have not seen that movie and do not get your reference. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's just because, have you ever seen Schoolhouse Rock? No. No, never mind. That's, that's an entirely new conversation. Never mind. I feel like, I bet that was a really good joke, though, and I just didn't, I, I didn't catch it. You know what? It might play to some people. It's clearly not, not right now. But, I feel like I should have done a better job of faking that I got your reference, like, yeah. No, I would I would rather you didn't. <laughs> so have you okay, have you ever seen the movie Airplane? Okay. Hmm. No. No. Okay, not a okay. problem. You don't have to have seen the movie. The 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 point is it's it's one of my favorite movies and I showed it to my roommates at the time who had back in college who had never seen it and it's a comedy and my one roommate really enjoyed it. He laughed. Ha ha ha. It was, I mean, it's from the eighties, I believe. Um, other roommate didn't get it, but was laughing nervously as if she was trying to show me that she liked it and I could see right through it. And I was like, no, I don't care for this right now. You go away. <laughs> your lies are not appreciated. Exactly. So I appreciate your honesty is what I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes it is really sweet when a friend totally lies that they enjoyed a media uh just for the bonding opportunity perhaps yeah Uh, yeah sometimes it's sweet but they have to be really trying to fake it (laughs) so faking it transcends awkward and becomes in onto itself amusing very true it's a it's a tricky thread to thread yeah yeah not and not many people can pull that no it's it's yeah definitely something that if you go for it you better be all in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you have to go you have to go bigger go home on that one don't you yeah probably now, I mean, like, like honestly this is my thought process right now it's like how much would i have to ham it up <laughs> to make this funny <laughs> so much right now like i'm not editing anything out Oh yeah, I've been recording since we got on the call, so we're. Oh man, good. So I mean, if you're uncomfortable with anything we've said in the last half hour, I can edit it out. If you're, if you really don't want it. No, no, no. I was like, I sort of figured, but like, uh, I'm glad I didn't like open with something inappropriate, which I often do. There is. I I feel like there isn't anything you could actually say that I would feel was inappropriate for this this podcast and try to I think the the one time I really squashed uh, a line of conversation was when um two of my friends and I we saw the Wonder Woman movie and afterwards we were we were talking about it we did a podcast and everything and the conversation started going towards whether or not Gal Gadot was considered white or a woman of color and I was like we're three white women we're not having this conversation this is just not going to end well and I don't want to I don't want to do that so <laughs> it was yeah. Probably the one it's, time I've really squashed something in the middle of recording. Yeah. That's a good thing to squash. Yeah, I I, I, I don't yeah. feel like I'm an authority on that. No, it's it's the thing that I feel like I've been really I stop me if this is if this is weird, but the and you can totally cut this part out. <laughs> Cuz it's such a like as sorry, do you identify as white? Uh yeah, I do. Um, isn't it a shitty thing to identify as? Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, I identify as evil. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
um, can't help it. Um, but it is this this thing of like whiteness and what is it because it's totally made up mm-hmm. and yet totally a thing. But then who is and is not is also like completely bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. And like when you when you talk to someone about it it's always like who gets to decide oh no exactly yeah i mean because you you mentioned i mean you mentioned your parents are from ireland right yes my mom is my dad's from england okay so So you're i mean your mother given u.s history i mean at one point you know as a as a person from ireland she wouldn't have been considered white at one point oh well if you want to get if you want to get deep into it Ooh, i like getting deep into it (laughs) Yeah, my mother's Northern Irish. Ooh. So that's a whole other conversation, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because my family, like my heritage, if we go back, did a a, exciting amount of genocide, really. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, if the genocide shoes fit, <laughs> uh, use them to walk through people's fields of food mm-hmm. and kill them. Um, like you do. <laughs> so that, I mean... Like you do, as one does. Um, so that legit happened. Mm-hmm. But then we have... Sorry, now I'm taking off my sweater. Um, then we have the Troubles and uh, the IRA and all that stuff. <laughs> You know all that stuff. You know those things. You know they're 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 not important, really. But really, um, oh my god. Yeah. The the tragedy that is humanity. Yeah. Um, I was a. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. It was. It wasn't great. wasn't Wasn't great. Um. But so you have this situation where two groups of people who are from anyone else's perspective the same group of people yeah <laughs> and we can definitely talk about how are we or aren't we in it that's different people have different feelings on that but the the those people's humanity and whether or not they were white was a defense like for some very heinous behavior mm-hmm and, and now we're going, oh, yeah, 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 Irish people are totally white. Yeah. And it's, it's this thing of, like, cool, welcome to the club. Do you really want to be in it? It's not great. We're really bad. Like, the privilege is great. I wish everybody could have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else is kind of shit, you know? Well, like, it's, I, I read this really painful to me, <laughs> um, Twitter thread about white, especially white women, appropriating other cultures' spirituality, mm. and and you know, like like uh, the the suburbanization of yoga uh-huh. and um, First Nations culture being being taken up and, and sort of appropriated and, and yeah. dream catchers and all this stuff being sort of taken into this um, white 
not and not only women and and certainly not only white women but dominantly this this sort of attempt to take medicine from indigenous from different indigenous groups Mm -hmm. and this person on twitter and it was this really meaningful like i read this thread and i was like oh my god this is so true and you're right yeah (laughs) um but talking about how to create whiteness and to create this this unique modern western understanding of whiteness Mm -hmm. we murdered our own spirituality and commodified it and made this weird christian atheism evangelical but no spirituality thing Mm -hmm. that we are where whiteness is assumed christian yeah white is assumed christian but only to the point that it's convenient yeah and you know that all the actual ideals of christianity are very malleable oh yeah they seem to they really are right now yeah super malleable and and that we have in our in our desperation to grab land and to grab power and to have wealth we've completely murdered any true spiritual culture and we're so desperately trying to get that that connection that medicine back Mm -hmm. and that she was just saying you can't you can't have our culture. Yeah. You can't come here and have our culture. And stealing our medicine isn't going to heal you mm-hmm. from what your ancestors have done and what your ancestors have robbed from you and have robbed from everyone. And it was like reading it was just like very heartbreaking and true and uh, interesting. No, it's. So- so you said you didn't want to talk about this. No, <laughs> I, I, I actually, uh, it's weird because, so this is going to be episode 101, basically. So I hit 100 uh, last week. Thank you. Yeah. And and I wrote a little thing as I was kind of posting it because I got sick in, in the midst of the recording and then the putting out of, so I didn't have enough time to really like push through like all the things I wanted to say because I had been losing my voice at that point. Um, and then I wrote down, I was just kind of like, you know, there are times where when I was, you know, recording, I would, you know, I would regret not going down a certain line of conversation because I thought maybe it would be, it wasn't, it was, uh, unsafe or it wasn't territory I was necessarily comfortable talking about because I'm, I'm much more of a person who like, if I'm going to talk about a certain subject, especially a big one. I, I like to have time to kind of mull it over. I like to have that um, ability to do it. So it, it sometimes it scares me to do it more in the moment because I'm like, what if I say something so stupid? I sound like a complete asshole and then it's over. It's over from there. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and, um, but I'm, I'm trying now going forward to, to be more uh, forgiving of that and also to just like you know, bust through if I, if, you know, if I feel like it's important and these conversations are important to actually do them, you know, no matter what. So yeah, that's the takeaway lesson. I found like, I I would say a few years ago, but I think it was actually just basically a year or two ago that I realized I was really terrified 
to talk about trans or gender non-conforming or gender non-binary mm-hmm. issues because I was terrified that I would get people would be mad at me mm-hmm. for yeah. being transphobic or something and I realized recently after having like the most amazing conversation with this person that completely blew my mind but um, I would way rather have conversations and be honest and ask ask questions when it's appropriate and shut my mouth yeah. <laughs> which is something I need to learn how to do a better <laughs> too um, and then get told when I mess up like I, I would rather have more characters mm-hmm. I'd rather create trans characters and I would rather have more like I just want to have more people mm-hmm. in stories and if I make a mistake I want to have I want people to feel like they can tell me yeah. that I made a mistake and that they're mad at me and that that's okay and you're allowed to be mad at me if I make a mistake. And I'm allowed to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to hear, if I want to be a creator, I have to create for everyone. Mm-hmm. And to make people feel, I think that's a thing. And I don't think this is true for everybody. I think that for me and the kind of creator I want to be is I want to be the kind of creator that people feel safe reading my stuff yeah and even if I when I write older themed stuff or or anything like that I I want people to be scared because I'm telling you a scary story I don't want you to be scared because you're afraid I'm going to mistreat your whole group yeah or, or the whole group that you identify with so I feel like the thing that's really important to me right now is just if I bomb someone out. <laughs> I want them to feel very comfortable telling me. Yeah. And I think the thing that I'm trying really hard to do is to be very open to critique. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the hardest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> especially especially when it's when somebody tells you that you hurt them. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, especially if <laughs> it's like, unintentional. Like if you're, oh, yeah. yeah. And like that's the worst thing in the world is to to hurt someone or to make them feel like they aren't included or that they're not welcome. That's that's the worst. Yeah. That's, if there's anything I don't want to be, it's unkind. Like I, I you know, like uh, the the worst thing my mom ever said to me like you know when your mom like I'm disappointed in you or something and mm-hmm. like, oh no um but the the thing that I I remember most strongly was I I was being a little shit I can't <laughs> even remember what I did but it was something really mean to a neighbor kid I don't know I was like eight yeah <laughs> that's the magic age now right? I did something the cruelty of eight-year-olds <sighs> right and she she took me aside and she said uh that was really unkind of you. Oh. And she was right. Yeah. 
don't tell her how she always is. Okay. My mom's always right. It's really annoying. I'll, I'll make sure your mom doesn't listen to this. Thanks. <laughs> um, oh, God. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. And, uh, yeah, I just try to be kind and to hear what people say and to take that seriously, especially if the way you did that thing made me feel uncomfortable or made me feel like I wasn't welcome. I try to just that first instinct of, no, I didn't. I didn't make you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that thing is to just not listen to that and listen to the person. Mm Mm-hmm. And then to remember what that person said going forward and to take that seriously. Okay. And so I'm trying very hard and failing more <laughs> often than I'd like, but trying. No, I mean, my mom and I didn't have the exact conversation, but I, I do remember growing up that she would always tell my sister and I, you know, she's like, uh, you know, be the one who stands up for the other person. You know, don't don't be the one who instigates teasing someone. Be the one that stands with the person being teased, you know. Um, yeah. And it was always something that, oh, it, it, it stuck with me. I mean, I didn't always adhere to it. And when I did, and when I didn't, actually, is when I felt the worst. Because it's like, I not only did I not help somebody, but I also, you know, in, in my own way, am disappointing my mother. She didn't see it. She doesn't know that it did or didn't happen, but it's like, it's that, I mean, I'm, I was raised Catholic, so it's that lingering Catholic, (laughs) that lingering Catholic guilt that just kind of hits you when you're not expecting it sometimes. I love, I love the, oh, just to clarify what I'm saying, I was raised Catholic, and me going, oh, okay, I get what you're saying. (laughs) I understand that stereotype. You know, some things are just really true. (laughs) And it's not hard. It's not hard to get me to feel guilty about certain things because it's like, I'm, I'm so like, I I can feel shame very easily at times, you know, depending on, on the subjects. And so it's, especially if it comes to disappointing my parents, but mostly disappointing my mother. Like if, if, if I feel like I've done that, I am like inconsolable for a very long amount of, you know, very long period of time. And it normally takes my mom being like, you're, it's okay. You don't have to freak out about this. I I honestly am so... My parents are so funny <laughs> and so smart and so wonderful and so beyond anything I deserve. Like, they're so just great mm. that I will do anything for that dog biscuit of oh we're proud of you (laughs) i'll like don't even talk to me i will like climb a mountain for just like oh good job dear like a little pat i'm like okay give me those endorphins (laughs) thank you so much for your adoration (gasps) i'm an i'm an only child and i will like i i honestly if i had a sibling i think i would have drowned them in a bathroom (laughs) I just, like, cannot handle it. Cannot handle it at all. Did you see that movie, The Good Son? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I I related to the wrong character in that movie. I was like, mm, siblings, eh? <laughs> uh, I get it. 
I was actually just thinking about that movie the other day, and I can't remember why I was thinking about it, but for some reason it just popped into my head. It's like, yeah, that was a movie. That was a movie I watched, and I was kind of screwed up. It was a really screwed up movie, right? Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think I watched it, like, really close behind Home Alone. <laughs> like, I think they were within a couple of days of each other, and I was like, you didn't realize that that was a sequel to Home Alone, wherein Kevin just goes completely crazy. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a uh, Rick and Morty parallel universe mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> what could have happened to Kevin? <laughs> and then Frodo. That's, that's actually Home Alone Four or whatever. Yeah, there are aren't there four like Home Alones? There are like a bunch of Home Alones now, aren't there? I feel like. I used to work at Blockbuster Video. Oh, back in the ancient days of dinosaurs? Ah, yes. Mm. Back when there were VHS players. <gasps> and, uh, um, I remember very distinctly that there were just far too many Home Alone movies. <laughs> and that someone kept knocking them over and it would creep me out because they would they were the ones that were always on the floor at the end of the day Mm -hmm. is this this a serial killer doing this like why is it always this movie and it was i think it was home alone three where it wasn't kevin anymore it was like another kid Mm -hmm. and i was like why are your parents so bad at this (laughs) like it happening one time but also couldn't the Yeah. No, a lot of movies like that fall apart when you think about it. We're like, I don't understand why they couldn't have sent someone over to the house. They know absolutely no one in the neighborhood. Like, but that's not even. That's I'm not even gonna get into it. No, 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 no. No, You can't overthink these things. Nope, it's a Chris Columbus movie. I can't do it. No. No. (laughs) Like I. uh, I used to think that about the that there was an abundance of movies when they started like doing the Land Before Time Part Twenty Four or something like that. Like, first of all, the the first one traumatized me as a child because. Okay, can I tell you my Land Before Time story? Go for it. I have. <laughs> uh, okay, I saw Land Before Time, and I lost it. Yeah. Completely and completely. Okay. Yeah. I was inconsolable. For literally days, mm-hmm. I was not okay. <laughs> I saw it right because my parents worked in the local Newton uh, TV station, the news channel, mm-hmm. and they got like passes to see it when it first came out. So we saw it like opening night, and I was not all right. <laughs> I'm not even sure how old I was, but I was in inconsolable. And a couple of days later, my parents hand me the phone. They go, "Toria, come here. We, we want to." get you to talk to somebody. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone. You know who's on the other end? Hmm. The phone? The mom. The... Oh, Little... Shaver. Littlefoot's mom? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She's the sister of one of our neighbors. <laughs> when I was growing up. And my parents were like, look, you gotta, you gotta help us. This kid, she won't stop crying. Oh my god. She's freaking us out. <laughs> so they come. And so she goes, hello. And she has a little voice and everything. She goes... Hello, Victoria. I just wanted you to know that I'm okay. We were just playing pretend. And I was like, oh, okay. 
how my parents managed to chill me out. <laughs> and then you saw all dogs go to heaven later on. You're like, no! Oh, oh no, my parents would not let me see any other movies ever again. Like, basi- basically <laughs> anything Don Bluth made or had his name attached to, it's like, no, this is clearly going to fuck me up. That's what's going to yeah. happen. Like, American Tale, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and Land Before Time, are like the trifecta of traumatizing movies for children. Right? It's like, oh my, it, my own personal hell is like throwing Dumbo in, because when I was a child, and I think they were probably just re-showing a bunch of like the older Disney movies in the theaters, my mom took us to go see it, and I, I was probably like three or four, maybe a little older, something like that. And she wasn't expecting that I would freak out so much. Like, I would just lose it when they're se- he separated from his mother. And that baby mind sequence, um, we were we were in Disneyland. We were in, um, what was it, California Adventure. And they have a place where you can go and you can kind of sit around and, like, on the walls they're kind of showing, like, uh, they'll, they'll play a song from a movie and then you can kind of see like the behind the scenes stuff, you know, how they were coloring it or the uh, concept art, stuff like that. Um, and Dumbo comes on and they start doing baby mine and I just start losing it. I'm, I'm, I think when we went, I was probably about 28. Like this 28 year old woman is just losing it over baby mine because that song just reminds me. Okay. Here is my shame okay i have a cry switch Mm. that you can just flip and i will start crying hysterically yeah and it's the most i'm one of those people who you know when you go to karaoke and they have those weird videos that make no sense that go along with the karaoke Mm -hmm. like it's like like it makes no sense they always they're, they're always insane um and not bar karaoke, like when you run to, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, Anyway, I'm the person who always watches those videos and tries to make them make sense. So I'll <laughs> oh be watching God. it going like, okay, no, 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 wait. He fought in the Second World War, mm-hmm. and she works in a cafe mm-hmm. now. But their souls, and I always create this crazy sci-fi explanation as to why this is happening. Of course. Of course. And I'm always listening to the lyrics of songs and wrecking the songs, because I'll be like, wait, no, what do you mean she's like a virgin? Is she talking about anal? (laughs) Um, Like, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm honestly, like, just always trying to figure this stuff out uh-huh. and it makes it really hard for music to like affect me as emotionally as I see it affecting other people like I see people being moved to tears by music and I'm just sort of going is this song about his financial situation <laughs> or the dishonesty of finances in general and people are just like it's it's not about anything it's about it's come on eileen jesus christ (laughs) and i'm always just kind of like oh but is it about that and i was like yes it is i'm like oh okay but there's this one damned frigging christmas song Mm. that breaks me and i cannot fathom why Mm. Freaking Christmas shoes. 
Oh, that song. <laughs> that fucking song. I can't. Why? It's garbage. It's fucking. What? He's a penny short. Like, what? Like, oh, your, your generous spirit giving him a penny. What a goddamn saint. Just, Just going like, out of your way to help this kid, right? Yeah, Jesus, the sandal-wearing guy who really cared was walking through the desert for 20-odd years. He, he, like, what? <laughs> what? Is this, this is time you could be spending with your literally still-alive mom, mm-hmm. and instead you're going to the mall to buy shoes, but you're short on, like, what? <laughs> and, and yeah, it, uh, it makes me cry every time I hear it. Mm. I have to leave stores. If I'm in line in a store at Christmas time and that song comes on, I literally have to go. Oh, no. I have to pull the record because I will start crying in public. <laughs> I don't know. It's my kryptonite. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about that song. One penny short. And, like, the sales guy is like, sorry, kid. Guess you're going to have to just bury your mom barefoot. Yeah, like, so fuck like, you, guy. Uh... <laughs> All right, I'm done. Sorry, right, I'm done. <laughs> No, have you seen um, Patton Oswalt's? Uh, he has a whole bit about Christmas shoes. What? Yeah. No, if you Google Patton Oswalt uh, Christmas shoes, there's actually an animated sequence. Like, someone actually animated it for him, too. Um, whole thing, it's hilarious. You're welcome. Oh, my God. <laughs> that will be my, my next thing. Yeah, that's what you're going to do after we're done recording, isn't it? Totally, Yes. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, so we're almost at the end of the hour, and we haven't actually talked about the thing that we're supposed to be talking about because it'll be fully funded next week, so... Stop stop being entertaining, then. God. Stop being so funny, and then I won't... I don't know. Laugh? Whatever, fine. You stop being yeah. easy to talk to and entertaining as well. God. Alright, guys. Fine. We're just we'll just spend the next like ten minutes or so talking about your freaking awesome project or something. I don't know. Okay. Fine. Okay, so the 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 what brought us to this situation in the first place <laughs> is that you have a really awesome Kickstarter that is fully funded, has another week left on it, and it's no for deal. the five hundred and twenty five percent funded. Five hundred and twenty five percent funded? Yes, I'm Jesus. Wow. Have your parents said that? Like, good job. <laughs> they did. It's so funny because my mom uh, is the most wonderful person in the world, mm-hmm. but also thinks that this stuff is absolute hokum. I'm sure. Um, it's. I wish she would actually say the word hokum because I think it's the cutest word in the world. And so whenever I'm talking about her, I'll say, like, oh, my mom said this is hokum. And if my mom hears me say that, she'll say, I have never said hokum in my life. I am a well-educated person. <laughs> and I use words. I use my words. And I'm like, okay, well, hokum's a word. Anyway. It's in the dictionary. Um, in the dictionary. Look it up. God. Mm. Um, but no, she, she just thinks that, you know, fortune telling and all that stuff is just not a super great use of people's time she thinks it's artistic and has like merit and you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff 
but she so when I was explaining it to her, she's like, but it's it's jewelry, and like she likes the she's a designer, and so she she likes the design of it, mm-hmm. but she thinks that the idea of like asking randomness questions <laughs> is not <laughs> not not a be- not the best use of your time. Not the best use of your time, but um, I think it's a very good use of your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's it's the the tessera or tessera. Tessera, like um, uh, if you're into mosaics, mm-hmm. uh, which I briefly studied in university, um, the, it's the smallest unit of, of a mosaic. So it's like the little tiles they used to put together. Yeah. Well, I guess you could say that the the mortar is. Small. Anyway, that's but, not. The point. But you didn't name the oracle after the mortar, so. <laughs> well, it didn't have the same ring. <laughs> the mortar oracle. You're like, mm, that doesn't even sound good. <laughs> But, uh, and, and it's a really, uh, I, I love the concept of it. So if, if you want to do like the elevator pitch of what this is, uh, the floor is yours. Oh goodness. Um, well, man, I, I love elevator pitches for my story. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll just say that this okay. is a really long elevator at a very tall building. Okay. So, okay. Cool. 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 Um, the idea is that I wanted to create a system that would be unique to our current culture mm-hmm. because most divination systems that we currently use, like the tarot or tea leaf or Ichin or any of the or runes or anything, were developed in a different time in a different culture for different situations than the ones that we have now. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I've always found, and like there are so many amazing Oracle decks and Oracle systems that work on this as well, but what I find is that everyone today leads such an incredibly different life than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the past, up until very recently, people had very straightforward lives what was expected of you was very obvious and I think a lot of the divination systems and again this isn't always true were developed with that life in mind Mm -hmm. and to help you understand that life and what I wanted to do was to create a system that would work for individual people so the Tessera is the base set of 12 of the system that I've developed mm-hmm. that over time I'm going to be releasing new charms yes yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and so the idea is the minimum number you need to do a reading is 9 mm-hmm. but when you have 12 it becomes like startlingly more accurate <laughs> so oh yeah like, technically you can do it with 9 but 12 is way better so I decided to to do it with 12 and these are the the base 12 and as I say over time I'm going to be releasing more and the idea is that you don't buy every single one that I release mm-hmm. so let's say spoilers Spoiler. next step that I'm going to be releasing is going to have like the bird's nest and the anchor and a few other things in it well you might be oh, you know what, I don't really feel a really deep connection to the anchor, 
But the bird's nest, which represents home and, and, and stuff like that, um, oh, I really connect to that. Like, I see that and I really connect to it. I'm going to add that to my set. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the needle and thread or the moon, uh, yeah, I really feel the moon, but the needle and thread doesn't really work for me. So eventually you'll create a set that is completely unique to you. Mm-hmm. So again, all you need is 12 to be able to do a reading and to have a lot of fun. But as you add more and over time, it will be completely unique and special to you. That's, that's the idea. That's really, no, it's, it's a really cool idea. And especially cause, um, I've always been, uh, really interested, not just in kind of like different forms of divination, but also just in symbols. Um, I like, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I have about three or four symbols books. Like if, if being a symbologist, like Robert Langdon is in those Dan Brown movies or books was a real thing, I probably would have tried to do it. (laughs) I I think we had a similar university experience. There we go. (laughs) But I mean, that's what, when I was like reading through the campaign and everything, like that's what really sold me on is like the, the, the base 12 that you have going on there, just like these very kind of universal, um, uh, you know, uh, symbols that a lot of people can understand, like what they would mean and how they would, they can relate to them. And I didn't know, I didn't know that you were planning on going forward with more so that you could eventually like create a more unique deck to you, you know, or not deck, but you know, you know what I mean? Uh, unique set. Um, that well, when I first came up with the idea, because uh, I've been, I've been obsessed <laughs> with the idea of creating new forms, new divination systems, and mm-hmm. new forms of divination because I love them. Yeah. <laughs> there was almost a question mark there, like I love them. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of like a cooler way of saying that. Whenever I try to sound cool. <laughs> I sound incredibly lame, and so I was trying to say, like, trying to be like, divination's cool, y'all, let's do it with vision spinners. Yes, yes, divination. Yes, yes, divination. Um, But I I feel like I love tarot. Mm Love tarot. God, I love love putting them, I love how mysterious I feel when I put them down. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, yes, very good. Um, but there's nothing on this earth that I hate more than looking it up in the book. Oh, yeah. So if I put down, like, da da da, and then it's like, um, four of cups. <laughs> four of cups. Damn it! <laughs> it's so annoying, and it's the worst. Um, and I feel like it really snaps me out of what I'm trying to accomplish, which is to, like, get in touch with my own intuition and to you know, communicate with myself, which is what I view divination as, is this way to talk to, you know, the universe through yourself mm-hmm. to understand what's going on. And, and if you're, if you're having somebody else give you a reading or any of these things, like to be able to have this conversation is, is a way to understand yourself better. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, okay, I've learned tea leaf reading and I've learned tarot. And I've learned, you know, the, you know, when you say like you've learned tarot, it's like, uh, yeah, right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, sure you have. Cool, cool, cool. You got your PhD. 
ADHD? Like, yeah, I know it's really ancient and complicated. Don't yeah, worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's fine. I can make a living off of this. It's great. Yeah. No, like, I, 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 I understand it to a point that I am comfortable, mm-hmm. but I totally get that other people know it way, be- way better than me. And, like, I've learned runes and I study palmistry and, you know, I, I, re- I really love all this stuff. And then when I... I sort of feel like I want more. Mm-hmm. I want more methods. I want different ways. And when I started seeing these enamel pins everywhere, like these really stunning enamel. Have you um, have you been to like TCAF? Uh, no, I, yeah, I don't because I'm closer to uh, Vancouver, but I, I don't get up to Canada all that often. Okay, well, you have to come to Vancouver next year. Okay. But like when... When I would walk around TCAF, there were all these, like, just mind-blowing enamel pins that were, like, hard enamel. And I looked into it, and I was like, oh, because I've always had this idea in my head for this set of coins that you could tell fortunes with. But I couldn't quite figure out how to make it work, because it needs to be random, but it needs to make sense. And, you know, it needs to do all these things. So when I saw the enamel pins I, I bought i bought one that was 25 dollars. oh wow that must have been some pin it's <laughs> my favorite thing i own it's kevin stanton it's my it's my absolute favorite thing that I oh have. i love kevin time. stanton yeah oh my god did you get his tarot deck i had no because i'm i i've tried tarot before but it's not really it's not it's my not thing yeah that's but this is beautiful <laughs> it's just the major arcana right now but i can't wait for the minor arcana to come out and die <laughs> um yeah, it's, I just want more systems, and I want these systems, I think, I think it's really interesting because it comes back to what we were talking about, well, what I was talking at you. Oh, yes. <laughs> earlier. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so hard to shut me up. Um, where I feel like there is this dearth of culture for a lot of us in the West. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is, I don't think this is exclusively, I don't think this is remotely a a white person thing, but I do think that in the West, we have been cut off from spirituality Mm -hmm. in a real way. And I I assume that this is true all over the world, but I'm from the West, so I can only speak to that experience. Yeah. But that... When I, I, I recently got to go to Japan and we went to the Shinto temples and they were so just matter of fact, you know, like, oh, hey, this is this is our temple. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, is, this is how we do. And I felt this real longing for something like that, like something where I felt like I could go and and access this part of my life but that so much of Christianity can make me really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I feel like when I go to a church there's a a level of um, performance that I don't feel like I know all the steps to well that's me every Christmas I'm just kind of like am I supposed to kneel down when do we kneel when (laughs) 
So, so somebody explain this to me. Is this actually blood now? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's that I, I, I don't feel like that's the expression of the divine that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I don't think it's valid. I think it's super valid and wonderful if that's if that's giving you your connection to the divine. That's amazing and good good for you. Yeah. But what's available to me here now isn't giving me that connection to the divine that I would really like. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I'm trying to discover it in my own way. And this, yeah, I don't know if I'm making sense. No, it's, I, it, I mean, it makes sense to me, um, just because I, I mean, I already said I'm a lapsed Catholic. I don't, uh, adhere to, uh, you know, basically anything that my church says is, is true. And it's, I mean, as a, as a woman, it's kind of like, really, really, um, <laughs> but I, I can't even remember really having that connection even as a kid, like I went to catechism because my grandmother told me to, you know, I, I, I took first communion and first confession because I had to, you know, there was never this sense of, I connect with this because I believe it so fervently. I was always like a really skeptical kid. And it wasn't really until like, I started like looking into like, what do certain symbols mean and all that kind of stuff, you know, really just like taking that love of history that I've always had and kind of applying it to a, to a different form. Um, that, that was when I kind of started developing my own ideas about like, well, what do you believe? Like, well, I believe that we're all made of atoms. And then when we die, our atoms get scattered into the universe again. Like all that exists already exists. So I'm just, con- yeah, it's so funny. Cause when I say stuff like that to people, I'm like, Oh, that's so sad. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You no, know, I the that's Carl Sagan quote, the, like we're all made of star stuff. It's like that's yes. like yeah. I, I want that. I, I really need to get because you know that you can sometimes buy posters where people have like written it in a weird way or something like that. Um, I need to get one of those and put it on my wall somewhere because I so completely believe in in that quote in particular that it's just like yes, this this one right here, right here. No. Um, Should I? Add it to your to-read list. Okay. It's it's a book of poetry about a, a prophet who is going, who's leaving a place and then giving words of wisdom to the people of the city he's been living in. So he talks about marriage and he talks about death and he talks about love and all of these things, but with with a love of the divine in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know how to describe my philosophies or my my belief systems or any of these things because I I think that the biggest thing I believe beyond anything else is that everyone is a little piece of God, mm-hmm. the divine, you know, and every person you meet is trying to, to protect and nurture that, that little piece that they have. Mm-hmm. And 
I guess that's why I always try to be kind. <laughs> yeah, it 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 like, doesn't it doesn't cost you anything to be kind. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like there's this whole that whole when I remember when I stopped going to church was because. I was talking to an adult, and I don't think it was, we had these wonderful, like, the the um, uh, the ministers at my church were just lovely people, like, it, it certain, they were great, mm-hmm. but there was an adult who was doing something in the Sunday school, and they said that if you're bad, you'll get punished, like, God will punish you, and if you're good, you know, you have to be good, so God will reward you, and I was like, I don't want to be good because I'm going to be reward. I don't want to be good because there's a prize mm-hmm. for goodest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be good because it's good and it's right and it makes people feel better. It's like the everyone gets a trophy concept. You just get up to the pearly gates and it's like you were the goodest. Here you go. Yeah, where's my medal? You know, and, and, and it didn't. It didn't really work for me. Um, I went off on a huge tangent just then. No, it's fine. Basically, I think that divination is super fun. Yeah. And I think that it's a way to become closer to yourself mm-hmm. and to others and to the divine, whatever form that may take. Uh, and I wanted to make a system that comported to our culture. Mm-hmm. Did I use comported right? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Part of me is telling me that that is a type let's, of food. Let's look at the old Let's-y. dictionary. Google that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull that up. Comport. Uh, past tense. Uh, for, to conduct oneself or behave yeah. or second second accord with agree with. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. You you, you did it, it just Thank fine. You. Thank you. Please edit that to make me not sound like a fool. Uh, no promises. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm totally, totally, totally going to do that. Um, no, I just wanted to, to make a system that was really easy to learn. There are literally 12 pieces. Mm-hmm. Each of the pieces interacts with other pieces in different ways. Uh, so if you place two charms beside each other and you look at them closely there will be things that connect them mm-hmm. now not all of them have connections but those that do are there but I feel like the plan was anyway yeah <laughs> that I don't want to super explain everything well, yeah, if you super explain everything, then it's just like, well, why am I bothering with this? Exactly, because I feel like that's the thing with tarot that is part of why it's so intimidating, um, is that I've read a lot of books on it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I don't think for a second that I understand it, like, that I get <laughs> it, you know, that I that I am in any way an expert on it. Yeah. Because every time I crack open a new book on it, or I... Or I talk to someone else there's a whole other level there's a whole other thing about it and um what i really really want for the charms is for every person who picks them up to 
get their own thing out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, some of the charms have a star up at the top called the crowning star, and some of them don't. So if you put two charms down in my mind that have the crowning star, if they're touching each other, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that if I write down what it means to me, that you won't interpret it yourself using your own intuition. Yeah. And so it's when I've been right, I've been agonizing, agonizing over the instruction manual. Yeah. Um, I've been having a lot of fun too because because each person's deck eventually will be or set will be entirely different. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to make the booklet make sense because if you're if you get you know your set of twelve and then you add fourteen more how are you going to make that book look cool? Because mm-hmm. that's important. It has to look cool, right? Like, yeah. That's <laughs> the only way people will pay attention to you now. Yeah, it has to be cool looking. So um, what I've designed is that they're, they each have like a little business card size. <clears throat> well, it's not size, but it's a little like business card size yeah. thing that you can keep and make into a little book yourself. So you have all the cards that apply to the charms that you're are in your set. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I hope so. See, mission accomplished. I think it's cool, and, and that's what matters. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's funny because um, some people have been unhappy with the idea that there'll be some charms that are harder to get than others. Mm. So the if we, like it might the case might be mute because moot 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 yeah. moot um, if if. The stretch of this, the next stretch goal is is a Kickstarter exclusive charm, which is the the uh, the hive, and um, the idea of the hive is that everybody who who got a set through the Kickstarter will get the hive, but the only way to get the hive <laughs> is either to back the Kickstarter or to meet me. Ooh. So I'll print more. Um, but that it's not going to be something that's going to be for sale on the web or or any of these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of people actually say they, they were going to cancel their order because they didn't think it was fair to to make something exclusive. Hmm. And I really hear that. You know, like I really do think that that's a valid feeling. Yeah. But the whole point of the Tessera is that it's not, you're not going to ever have the complete set. Like, I really don't, like, I've already designed 120 more. Oh, good gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of them. I seriously will want all of them. No, you don't. I know. <laughs> but it's like Pokemon. You've got to catch them all. Come on. No. No, you don't. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. I honestly... Oh my gosh, I really want the price point to be so low mm-hmm. because I want people to actually be able to have it, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I yeah. Don't... Oh, and even now, because I was like, now that the Kickstarter is so so you know crazy, um, I'm going to be able to like negotiate a cheaper rate with the manufacturer. No, <laughs> no, it turns out that um, they just cost a lot to make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I was, I was like coming in thinking I was like this big power broker and they're just like, yeah, that sounds like 
the right amount of money to have the amount you need to have printed printed. So, <laughs> so you thought this was going to be a negotiation. No, it turns out it's just straightforward. Yeah, no, we're good. Thanks. It's like, oh, okay. Um, it's like you brought an alligator to a gunfight. I see. <laughs> you brought an alligator purse <laughs> to a gunfight. Um, but no, it's it's been it's been an adventure because I really like I really believed in this system weirdly from the beginning like I really was like oh this is a really this is it this is a really good idea I figured because I've been trying to develop a system for a while and then this one it was oh it's so hard to explain because you know when you when you want to talk about something and you want to make it sound like it just came to you Mm -hmm. fully formed (laughs) in a dream so mysterious but honestly I've been trying to come up with a system for, like, in the back of my head for for years and years. Yeah. And then I had a dream that I was putting the charms, like the coins, down on a table. I'm holding one now. Mm-hmm. And it made that noise. I don't know if you can hear it. Yeah, yeah, I heard it. And, uh, and then it just sort of hit me, like, oh, they're gold charms. That's how this works. And then it was because I was when I was first designing it, they were like cards that were shaped like squares. Mm-hmm. That uh, like um, pent- um, what's the word I'm looking for? Polygons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Together, because it was really important to me that there was like a, a like, shape. Yeah, a pattern that they could make. Exactly, because I was like, I I always thought that what I was really interested in was how people lay these things out um because like as soon as I got the the prototypes made I was like when I put them together they always form these very particular shapes and they're always symmetrical and, <laughs> and OCD and they fit together in these very particular ways <laughs> and then as soon as I show them to someone else they go batshit crazy like they put them in these like completely wild patterns that I'm like have you not studied how shapes work with geometry and they're like no they're like but why would I have done that why would I have done that what are you talking about and it, it's this thing where I'm like as soon as they start putting it down I'm like oh I see I see the pattern and I see what is being said here and um, I, it's so funny like the thing that I am most 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 excited for is when people get their set and take a picture of their layout and post it on Instagram yeah I want to see that so bad I want to see these these shapes like have you have you ever like studied or looked at mosaics um I've not studied them but I've but I I, I admire mosaics when I see them yes <laughs> Yes, they are. <laughs> but often they are two or three shapes. And they create these amazing patterns and these just mind-blowing stories. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know, it's like a, it's a tapestry of stone. I can't remember who said that, but it's... It's a good line. It is. Maybe I said it. 
I said it. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm not going to double check on you. <laughs> cool. We're not going to Google it. I nope. really have no idea who said it. Might have been me. I don't know. Um, Maybe it was in that dream. Maybe. Yes, it, I, it was told to me in a dream. <laughs> it was um, uttered. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny because I really do think that dreams do tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. And I do find a lot of, like, inspiration in them. Like, a lot of my stories come from from dreams or or anything because I think that's just where like my crazy hides yeah well it's like your brain unwinding and just be like alright let's shake all this stuff out and see what happens and then you're like what just happened was messed up but I love it can I tell you the worst nightmare I ever had sure I've had like nightmare like I could tell you nightmares that I've had that like are legitimately scary mm-hmm. um, but the, the nightmare that I had that I woke up from most afraid and with this kind of deep yawning terror that no <laughs> no one raised in Toronto has any business having ever felt this much terror. <laughs> like, seriously, what is this? Why am I this afraid? It's like, you're Canadian. But, you're fine. I have no business. I have no business being this afraid ever. <laughs> I don't, I haven't earned that much adrenaline <laughs> and um i was i was like maybe 30 like that it was not that long ago and i was in a fast food restaurant mm-hmm. it was empty and there was a hamburger on the table okay okay and then i woke up <laughs> I don't, there was something, it was like an evil hamburger, I guess. Maybe oh the hamburger was people. I don't know. <laughs> but I was so, like, sweat. Just, and the thing was, it was a really long dream. Like, I was there for a long time. Oh, okay. Staring at this burger, being terrified. Wow. Dreams are, dreams are wacky. Uh-huh. Don't trust them. Um, they are weird, but yeah, no, I don't know. And then like, you know, you wake up and you're trying to analyze it being like, why was I so afraid of this hamburger? <laughs> and then you try to, cause then like, you know, you tell people and they're like, maybe you were the hamburger and they start like making it like a horror movie or something. Mm. I'm like, no, legit. It was, it was just a burger. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't people. <laughs> or if it was, it wasn't, that wasn't dressed in the plot. I mean, what was the subtext of the scene? So, I mean, what was actually going on? <laughs> right? It wasn't an episode of Hannibal. It was just a burger. And if, if anything, that makes it more upsetting. If, if, if I could say, like, it was a cannibal burger or something, or the, I don't know, something else. It was an evil transforming burger or something. Yeah. I, I would tell you. Basically, you're, that you're, would make me seem less crazy. Your, your mind gave you so little information that it freaked you out. <laughs> I think that was it. And then the thing was, I woke up and I was terrified. And I was also hungry. Oh, well, there you like, go. Hmm. That maybe that was yeah. the point. You were just hungry. Um, I am so sorry. No, it's I have fine. Been going on a rant for far longer than we were supposed to. This, no, this is par for the course for me. It. It. I often will. Actually, an hour and a half is kind of like the um, the the average. 
depending. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, I mean, it happens all the time. It, not to worry. I mean, I, I mean, we talked for an hour about politics and, and all other kinds of stuff, which is great. And then another half hour about your, your actual thing, which is, it's all gravy. It's all gravy, man. <laughs> it, what else? Yeah, is there anything anything else you want people to know? I mean, uh, where where might they find you should they wish to communicate with you about said Kickstarter and or, you know, uh, uh, divination uh, techniques? Um, honestly, I am addicted to Instagram. Ah. <laughs> the the Tessera Oracle Instagram is probably the best place to get me to talk to me about that. Okay. To send me a DM and I will answer it as soon as I can. Um, if you just want to talk to me in general, uh, Twitter is great. I'm at Tori Talking. You can ask me anything. And if, uh, you want to talk about, like, comics and stuff like that, which I also love. Yeah, we can, <laughs> I think you're going to have to come back at some point so we can talk about more things. Oh my gosh, you're so much fun. Yay! <laughs> um, and, uh, my website, which is, uh, Excellent. Um, and the testable.com. I bought that, and I feel very smart for doing so. Yay! Uh, and Yay. and I will link all of that stuff too in the um, the page for the the completed podcast. So there will be links. People will be able to click on them. I love links and and clicking and podcasts. Yay! All of those things well, are going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how you do a podcast. I respect it so much. <laughs> I don't know how I do it either. It just keeps happening. It's just. Weird. A <laughs> hundred. That's so wild. Yeah. No. I. Wow. I wasn't even really expecting that. I thought like it would. It would just get to a place where I was just finding it too hard, and then I. I would just give up. Probably. Yeah, Tur- turns out people doing... want to talk about their shit. Yeah. We're doing a um, Dungeons and Dragons kind of podcast thing. Sweet. Sure. It's fun. But it's it's so much work. Mm-hmm. And I really like what. What inspired you? Like, why did you even start? Oh, me personally? Yeah. Um, it really just happened because the uh, a website that I was writing for did podcasts, and, and they were like, hey, you have a lot of opinions about superheroes and aren't afraid to talk about it. <laughs> um, plus, you're a girl. That helps. Uh, with, you know, Does it? Well, it helped in terms of like, oh, it's more than just straight white guys talking about <laughs> comics on our podcast. <laughs> The, the the subject matter didn't always um, meet my approval, but, you know, you, you do what you have to. Uh, but, yeah, no, it just started with that, and then uh, I left that website, and at that time I had actually started, like, it was it was my own, I guess, show, um, but it wasn't quite, you know, I, I don't think I've ever defined this show as anything except for just a podcast about talking to people, but, um, so I basically just took the, I had 14 episodes, I think, at the time when I left the website, and packed those up, and just started doing my own thing, and just, that was it. Like, I just kept, kept going. <laughs> and here I am. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, That's so exciting. And, like, and you, you managed to get the editing done in the night? Uh, it depends, because uh, sometimes, I mean, editing really doesn't take as much time as I thought it would, um... Because especially if you make it a point not to edit all that much, it goes real fast. Uh, yeah. Like, I edit much. Like, I mean, honestly, like, it, unless there's like an extensive amount of stuff that 
you that like say you wanted taken out of this thing, that's where the majority of the time would be spent. The rest is really just like trying to figure out like what song should go before the thing starts, and then doing some kind of like intro that doesn't go on for very long. And I mean, and that's that that's it. I mean, I think the most time actually happens when I'm trying to export the the file like that. That's it. It's it's all the like maintenance stuff that takes more time than anything else. So when I was editing our our Dungeons and Dragons podcast, I was uh, editing out all the ums and ahs and buts. Yeah, I thought I might do that, and then I realized I say it so much that it's just not even worth my time. <laughs> it's I do it so much, I'm like nope. That's just how you talk. Man, I want to take one of those classes where they teach you how to not talk silly. <laughs> Use words good. Hmm. Language you you speak with. Like articulation. Me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I I don't think we've officially ended this thing yet. But um, oh, sorry. yes, let's do that. No, sorry. it's fine. <laughs> like, but I uh, and I I can I'll fudge it. God, I don't even care. It's just gonna go out. <laughs> This this is what it is now. <laughs> this is my life, and I have to deal with it. <laughs> but I, Tori, I so appreciate you coming on the show. I'm so glad we could do this, and I can't wait to support all the stuff that you're going to be doing in the future. I promise not to get the entire set of everything. <laughs> I will be good. Scout's honor. If I was a scout. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, but thank you again for coming on That Girl with the Curls. It has been such a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. This is a ton of fun. Yay! Yay. Um, and yeah, so, uh, good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! <laughs> I'm gonna go let my dog out. Yay! Yay! Conjunction, Conjunction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Conjunction, Conjunction, how's that?